Open your Bibles to Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. We're going to continue with uh, the uh, series we've been in for the last couple months, uh, going through the Beatitudes. We've been going through them one at a time. And uh, we have reached uh, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And uh, we've got uh, three more left, I believe. No, just no, just two more after, after today. Three including today. Um, but blessed are the peacemakers and blessed are the persecuted. Uh, those are coming up yet. But today we're going to... Matthew chapter 5, verse 2. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Father, we need your help, God, today to concentrate upon your word. Uh, Father, we want to be pure. God, we don't want to be uh, people who have all kinds of stuff in our hearts that shouldn't be there. So, Lord, we ask you to help us today. God, help us to hear the word of God. Help us to submit uh, to you, to yield ourselves to you, and to be transformed by your grace. Father, we love you, and we, we pray for your help. Well, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Every week we've been uh, talking about the Beatitudes and how they are uh, so radically different from everything you're going to hear in the culture. When, when you hear the culture say, you know, well, the happy people are these people, or the blessed people are these people, or the people who, who got good things coming to them, they're, they're these people. It's a radically different group of people than whom Jesus says are the blessed. And I would even say, especially today, you know, when you hear, blessed are the pure in heart, happy are the pure in heart. That's really not what we hear from, from our culture. You can go to any high school campus, you can go to any uh, college campus, uh, probably any middle school campus. And what you're not going to hear uh, from the student body, most likely, hopefully from our kids you'll hear this, but probably from the student body in general, you're not going to hear say, man, happiness is purity, okay? Happiness is, is pure. You're, you're not going to hear that. And in fact, when we look at other temptations, you know, as you look at the things that, that you're tempted with, the things that try to get uh, their, their claws into you as far as temptation, it's, it's almost always uh, saying happy are the impure. Happy are those who go after other desires, not of God. Okay, You know, one of the definitions we might have for purity, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, but that purity is basically having a, a single-minded passion and desire for God. Okay, And so impurity is anytime we pull other desires into that single-minded passion for God. Well, the world's going to tell you, you know, blessed are those who gratify their, their desires, their sinful desires, their desires outside of God. You know, the world, if you turn on your TV at any time this week and you just let the thing run and you watch what's on it, most likely you're going to hear very clearly the message that blessed are those who gratify their sexual desires outside of the marriage relationship. That's what you're going to hear. I mean, that, that, that streams through our, 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 our television sets and in the culture. You're going to hear, blessed are the covetous, you know. Blessed are those who, who want lots of things in this world and who get them, 
You know, that, that's who you're going to hear are the happy people. And, and so you read today that Jesus says, no, those are not the happy. Those are not the blessed. Those are not the fortunate. Those are not the satisfied. But rather, blessed are the pure in heart. Okay? Now, what I'm about to say next, I could have said every, in fact, I did probably in one way or another, say every one of these sermons. Okay? Every one of these sermons on the Beatitudes, because it is true, and, and, and it's true with this one especially. But the only way to be pure in heart is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's the only way to be who Jesus is calling us to be here. Okay? So when you think about blessed, you have to first think about the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you a person who has, who has repented of their sin and put your faith in the work of Jesus, what he did on the cross for you, and you, you've been joined to Christ? Because our Outside of that, there is no blessing, okay? I don't care how much you make. I don't care who you are, uh, what you've got, what you're doing. What, what's, it, it, none, none of that matters if you are outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if you're separated from God and you must bear the weight of your sin for an eternity, friends, there is no blessing in that. One of the, one of the, the definitions we've been using for blessing is that a blessed person is someone who's confident, can be confident, that good things are coming to them. All right, you you can't you can't say that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're going to bear your own sin for an eternity, if the wrath of God hangs above you, to, to be without Christ means that, that for all eternity, the judgment of God will rain down upon you. That person can't be blessed. It doesn't matter what ha- what's happening right now in their life. I mean, as you look at the, at the, at the scope of a man's life, here, the Bible teaches us your body's going to die. Your soul will live forever. And so as, as you stretch out and look at, at the eternal ages to come that you'll exist, if you're separated from Christ, you'll exist under the wrath of God for eternity. And so for that, all of that wrath and then... This small piece of life, if you're separated from Christ, then friends, you're not blessed and you will not be blessed. It's only in the gospel that we we come into blessing, okay? And so Jesus says here today, though, blessed are the pure in heart. And again, think of that in terms of the gospel, having a new heart given to you at conversion by Christ, by the Holy Spirit. But then also think of it in terms of cultivating a heart that is pure. Here's what the Bible is very clear about. What happens inside of you is very important. Okay? A lot of times we we really emphasize what happens on the outside. Okay? We put a lot of emphasis on, you know, what's happening in my... my, What do do people see? Right? What do people see? That's that's what we like to to focus on, you know, and we'll leave an event or we'll leave church, we'll leave uh, work or school or wherever. And and in our minds, we'll be like, you know, well, well, what do people see? How'd that go? You know, did I let too much of myself out? You know, have you you ever felt that way? You know, did did I hold enough of myself back? You know, did did I, did I, did I let too much out? Did people see who I really am? You know, it's what's on the outside is important, friends, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but what's on the inside is infinitely more important. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this. It says, keep with all vigilance. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. I, I memorize in the NASB, it says, guard your heart. Guard your heart, uh, for from it flows the springs of life. 
And, and listen, the way the Bible pictures the heart is that from the heart, from what goes on inside of you, okay? Your, your heart is your, your will and your emotion, your control center, okay? It kind of wraps up your mind and emotion and will and, and, and your decision making and your values and, 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 and the way you feel, what you love. Now, all, all that's kind of contained in what the Bible calls your heart. And listen, if your heart is going the wrong direction, if there's bad things happening in your heart, then from that is going to flow your life, okay? Your life's going to flow out of your heart. That's what Proverbs is telling us. And so what happens in the heart is infinitely important. Much more important than a clean car or a clean house or a clean business is a clean heart. And much more important than your education or your job skills or your financial opportunities or your natural talent or your physical beauty or your intellectual ability. Much more, infinitely more important than all of that is what is going on inside of you. And you're the one that knows that. Nobody else does, really, do they? I mean, they'll know eventually about what comes out. But, but at the moment, nobody knows what's going on inside of you. What is in your heart? Okay? And, and I don't want you to think that I'm saying, well, you know, don't worry about you know, the outside of your life. Just worry about the inside of your life. Uh, they're both important. But, but here's the reality of the Scriptures, and Jesus is the one that teaches us this, is that what's going on on the inside of your life will eventually come out. Okay? If it happens long enough, it's going to come out. You see, don't, don't, don't buy this illusion that you can have this junk inside of you, okay? You can have all kinds of stuff that shouldn't be there inside of you. You can have all, all these feelings that you shouldn't have and all these desires you shouldn't have and all these wants that you shouldn't have and all these, you know, these lies that, that you're embracing inside of you and that you can kind of stop all of that and be somebody different on the outside. I hate to even bring it up. It's such a sick story, but... Did, did you did you hear about the Colonel General, uh, what was he? I think he was in the Canadian Armed Forces. Uh, I saw it on the news. Just saw a brief news clip of it this morning. And he's this guy, and, and they had all these testimonies from his friends. And they're all like just blown away. Uh, he's being charged with murder. He murdered a couple of women. And uh, just had all this sick stuff. I won't even go into it. That, that, that was going on in his life. But nobody knew it. You know, everybody on the outside, this, this guy's a, you know, a great guy and everything. And, and you know what had to happen is this guy, this guy knew this stuff was going on in his heart probably for a long time. And, and he felt like I can shut that off and I can be somebody different. You know, I can put on the uniform and I can go lead men and, and I can be a noble person. But on the inside, you know, all this, this stuff is happening. Folks, you can't stop that. Eventually, it will come out. What you are on the inside, what's happening inside of your heart is eventually going to come out. Listen to what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verse 18 He says this, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart and defiles a person. We like to think that's not true, don't we? We like to think that sometimes things come out of our mouth and then we we can we can go and say, oh, oh, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. That's not really what I mean. That's not really what I feel. Okay. Listen, you know, I hate to say this. Sometimes there's a communication error. There is. Sometimes, like, we're communing one thing, and, and especially if it's male, female, there's a lot of times where, they, you know, they're just like this. And so I understand that. But, but listen, if you say something mean, here's the truth. It was in you, all right? It was in you. It was happening in your heart. Now, you may not feel that way now, and you may not have felt that way an hour ago. You know, there may have been a, a small period of time in which you felt that way, and so it came out of your mouth. But what Jesus is saying, is that what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. The heart is what what overflows out of the mouth. Look in verse 19. For out of the heart come evil thoughts and murder and adultery and sexual morality and theft and false witness and slander. These are what defile a person. Okay, Jesus is saying what comes out of you comes from your heart. Listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 12. 
verse 34. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you're evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so one of the things we got to be really careful about is thinking that we can have bad things going on on the inside of us and yet kind of stop that before it ruins our life, okay? Please don't think that you can have, have fantasies or immorality or bitterness or revenge. You know, I, I talk to couples sometimes in, in marriage counseling and, and they'll, they'll privately, they'll say things to me like, you know, I just think about what if I were married to this person? Things would be so much better. And what, what if my spouse was different? I, I just wish that she was this or he was this. You, you know, you can't think that way. You, you, you see what I'm saying? I mean, you got to say, you can't have that stuff going on. And, and they're thinking, well, I, I'm not acting on that. It's just in my heart, you know, and it's just I wonder and I think about it. No, you, you can't let that go on in here. Because Jesus says what goes on in here is going to come out. Okay? Your, your heart is significant. Okay, it's, it's not, people like to treat it like, well, because nobody can see it right now, it's not a big deal, it's a huge deal. Okay, the condition of your heart, what's going on in your heart is incredibly important. Now, here's what a lot of people are going to say. Well, you know, Pastor, I've, I've heard on Oprah, or heard on Dr. Phil, you know, we shouldn't bottle that stuff in, you know, because if we're really angry or really bitter or really, you know, got vengeance or whatever, we, we, we shouldn't bottle it in, we should let it out, you know. And that makes us feel better to let it out. Okay, yeah, you know, I know, I know there's, there's merit in talking about your feelings, but that's kind of like saying, you know, I got this 12-foot python in my house and he's strangling my kids, and so I'm just going to open the door and let him out in the neighborhood. You know, I'm just going to get him out. I'm going to get you know, hey, that's not the best solution for for the rest of us, all right? You know, I don't know if it's the best solution for you. You know, if someone's sitting by you and they've got a stomach ache and they say, man, my stomach really hurts, the last thing you want to say is, hey, just let it out, man. Just let it out, you know? Just, you know, throw up on everybody, okay? You know, and a lot of people treat their hearts that way. That's the way they treat their heart. It's like, you know what? There's bad things happening inside of me. I'm full of, of anger and I'm full of bitterness and I'm full of, you know, just, just complaining and discontent. And, and well, well, you know, I watched Oprah. She said, don't, don't keep that in. Let it out. So here you go. You know, wham. Hey, you know what Jesus would say? Deal with your heart. Just deal with it. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have that. You, your heart is impure. It shouldn't have that on the inside. You know, I, I think what the Bible would say is that every problem is a heart problem. They all are. You know? You're callous to your neighbor. You're uncaring toward the hurting. You're not generous. You're sexually immoral. You're an idolater. You're a thief. You're a liar. You're a cheat. You're angry. You're vengeful. You're bitter. You're a complainer. You're a grumbler. It's all, it's all in your heart, isn't it? I mean, that's really where it all comes from. I mean, that's true. The condition of your heart is paramount. So here's what Jesus says. Blessed are the pure in heart. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, that word pure, it's, it's a word that was used in Greek for, uh, for instance, when you would you'd purify metal. Okay? So what happens when you purify metal? Well, the object is to get everything out of the metal that's not whatever you want, right? So if you if you got silver, then what you want to do is you want to heat that up and you want to, you want to skim off all the impurities. Any other kind of metal, any other kind of alloy, any other kind of dirt, filth, contamination, you want to get it out. If, if I've got a glass of water, you know, uh, what I want is I just want water, right? I don't, I don't want anything else in there. I don't want dirt in there. I don't want, you know, I don't want anything else in there. 
and, and so to purify your water means you just have water. You know, some of you've got kids. And have you ever done this? You know, you let your kid, your kid wants a drink, you know, and so you give them a drink of your water and then you get it back and you look back and, and there's other stuff. They have, they have added to your life. They've, they've given a gift, you know. You don't have just water. Now you have, you have other stuff. You've got little Cheerios and little, what is that, lasagna from the other night. And you, oh, that's swimming. You know, yeah, yeah, sometimes that happens. <laughs> what do you want? It, to purify that, what does that mean? It means you take out the other stuff, right? I mean, that, that's what it means to be pure. And so, so from that aspect, what, what, what a pure heart is, is it's a, part, uh, it's a heart that, that only contains... The only things in there are things that are supposed to be in there. Now, let's just make this real simple. What's supposed to be in there? Passion for Jesus Christ. That's what's supposed to be in your heart. We well, say, well, what about love my family? That comes along with passion with Jesus Christ. Well, what about caring for my kids? That comes along with passion with Jesus Christ. What about being a good employee? Well, that comes along with being, yeah, I, you know. Passion for Jesus Christ encompasses everything that's supposed to be in our life. If, if, if you love Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, hey, everything else is going to be there. The things that are supposed to be there, they're going to be there. And so we can really simplify this process and say, what should be in my heart is a passion for the glory of Jesus Christ in my life. And anything else is, is impurity. So you can, you can think about this in a lot of different ways. You can think about it. I don't know, I was trying to think of pictures, like a path, maybe, a road, you know. You got this road that this, this, is, this is to glorify God. This is my life, me being passionate for Jesus. Okay, you got all these other splinter roads, right, that come off, you know. Well, I want, I want things, and my heart really wants things, and I want to look good in front of other people. And, you know, I mean, anytime you take a detour off that path, that's impurity, okay. That's, that's what it means to be impure. You got other things in your heart that should not be there. Uh, you got other things in your life that, that shouldn't be there. So things like things like saying, well, you know what? I trust God. I follow God. I follow him in my money, except for this particular situation. Or, you know, I'm going to follow God in my life, you know, my, my, my romantic life, my sexual life, except for this situation. Or, I'm going to commit my mind to the Lord. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm not going to look at or dwell upon that which is contrary to his word. Except, you know, anytime you have an except, you ever have those in your life? You know, well, I'm, I'm going to accept. You know, this, that's impurity. That's something in the heart that shouldn't be in the heart. We need to have a single-minded wanter. Remember, we talk a lot about wanter. Your wanter, what do you want? Your desires, okay? And, and what Jesus is saying here is that purity of heart is, is the heart that says, man, I, I want, what I want is Christ. I want Christ alone. Listen to how the psalmist expresses this. Psalm 27. Go in your Bible, Psalm 27, verse 4. The psalmist says, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after. How, how many things? One, one, one thing, one thing I've asked the Lord, one thing that I will seek after. Then I may dwell in the house of the Lord. He's not talking about living at the church. He, he's talking about being in the presence of God. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. It's really interesting to me that he uses this, this image of sight, just like Jesus says, blessed are the pure in spirit, for they shall see God. Okay, and the psalmist is saying, one thing I desire, the one passion of my life, that, that I might be in the presence of the Lord all the days of my life, that I might see, that I might gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Listen to Paul. Paul says in uh, Philippians, Philippians chapter 3, 
I'll start reading in verse uh, 13. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing. He says the same thing as as the psalmist. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What these guys were were articulating is that they wanted a heart that, that was consumed with one passion. It wasn't adulterated, wasn't filled, wasn't polluted with all these other things. It's not a heart that says, I want Jesus, but I also want to please others. I want to be a man pleaser. And I I want Jesus, but I also want revenge. You know, I want to get even. I want to punish that person. who I don't want to leave that to God. I don't want to be meek. I, 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 I want to do it myself. I, I, I want Jesus, but I also want to be popular. I want Jesus, but I don't have lots of things. I want Jesus, but I want people to talk about how successful I am. I want them to glorify me. I want Jesus, but I also want to be the most attractive person in the room. I want Jesus, but I want people to feel sorry for me. And I, I, want, I, want, to, I want to just, just, just bake in self-pity. That, that's impurity of heart. That's adultery of heart. That's having things in your heart that should not be there. Jesus said, blessed is the person who's got one thing in their heart. And that's the passion for Jesus Christ. Now we know, again, that only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That only comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. But as we become believers, as we're joined to Jesus, okay, then then we have this, this mission in our life. Of, of keeping our hearts pure. Doing Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart. Keep it with all vigilance. Okay. Because we all know. The, this Christian life. It's, it's a progressive life. Right. It's, it, it's progressing in salvation. It's not salvation. But in sanctification. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Let me read you that. We all with unveiled face. Beholding. There's the whole image of seeing. Again. Beholding the glory of the Lord. Are being transformed into the same image. Listen. From one degree of glory. To another, one degree to another. What does that mean? That, that, that means we're, 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 we're progressively weeding the junk out of our life and replacing it with a passion for Christ. One degree of glory to another. Degree, 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 right? More and more passionate and focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I want to do real quickly is I want to give you four things that I believe are helpful in pursuing a heart of purity, okay? In taking care of your heart. Okay, how should we take care of our heart? Uh, I'm not talking about eating rice cakes and exercising uh, the other kind of heart. Actually, the more important kind of heart. Okay, how do you take care of it? Number one, you ask God for purity. Okay, you ask God for purity. And I know that seems simple, but please understand there's a lot of people that don't do that very well. You know, you ask them, what do you pray about? Well, I pray about, you know, my, my sister and my brother and I pray about my my, my friend and my coworkers and, I, and I'll ask people, well, what do you pray for yourself? Well, I don't pray for myself anything. What? What? You, you don't want this? You know, I mean, I, I don't understand that. You, you don't want this? You don't, you don't want God to give you this? Or you don't think you need this? Or you think you're okay? I don't think you are. You know, we, we need to ask God. Ask him. All right, so maybe you're not a note taker normally, let's say, Okay. If you have a pen, I would encourage you to, to take up a pen and just write down the following verses that we're going to go through. For this very reason, you need to pray this way, okay? I, I, you say, well, how can you tell somebody else how to pray? I can tell you how to pray because the Bible is telling you how to pray, okay? You need to pray this way. You need to ask for these things in your life, okay? So you want, you want a heart 
that is full of one thing, one passion for, for God, passion for Jesus. You want a heart that's consumed with that? Then ask God and ask him in this way. Let me, let me give you some here. Psalm 50, or yeah, Psalm 51, verse 10. This is the first one. Psalm 51, verse 10. Here's, here's the way David prays. He says in verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. What, what is David doing? He's saying, God, I ask you, give me a clean heart. Give me a heart that's, that's one passion, one, one focus. And that, that's the glory of Jesus Christ. Psalm 119. The, these are amazing verses here. I, I memorized these years ago. I say them to my kids constantly. Okay? Verse 36. I think this is, the, in my opinion, this is the best commentary on this beatitude these two verses, 36 and 37. Psalm 119, 36 and 37. Listen, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. What is this guy praying? This guy is praying, God, give me a pure heart. And he knows the process that, that's going to be demanded there. Right? You hear what he's saying? Incline my heart to your testimonies, to your commands, to your truths, to, to your, 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 your truth, God. In other words, God, bend my heart so that it wants you. So that it wants what you say. Not selfish gain. You see, that's, that's the other way, right? That's, that's, we're so tempted to want to put in our heart, God, I, I, w- I want to be, be this. And I, I want to do this. And God, I want, I want this. Things that aren't God's plan for us. And so the psalmist is praying. He's saying, God, you got to bend my heart in the right direction. Because our hearts can be stiff, can't they? Stiff-necked, hard-hearted, calloused. Bible uses all that imagery. And so he's saying, God, incline my heart in the right direction. Look at verse 37. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. I can tell you guys aren't loving those verses like I'm loving them. But man, I'm telling you, that just makes sense to me. That I get on my knees and I say, God, bend my heart and turn my eyes. I mean, that makes sense to me. I need God to do that. Because maybe you're different than me, but I, I don't always feel like that. I mean, I don't always feel like, God, I just want one thing. I just want you. I mean, there's times where I've got, God, you know, i got these, this junk roaming around in my heart and this junk roaming around in my eyes. God, I need you to grab hold of me, you know? So I do this with my kids sometimes. Like walking through an airport, walking through Walmart, you know, we'll be going somewhere, you know, and, and we'll, we, need, we need to go this direction, you know? And my kids are all like, yeah. You know, and there's times where, especially when they're little, I just kind of grab them by the head, you know, and just, just like steer a car, you know, you just, you steer them, you just grab them. I want God to do that to me. I want him just to grab me and no, Jason, you know, this, no, you don't want that. That's not, that's going to kill you, brother. It's going to ruin you. It's going to, it's going to make you unsatisfied, unfulfilled. That's the opposite of blessed, by the way. See, when you're not blessed, what are you? You discontent, you're unsatisfied, you're unfulfilled, you're unhappy. And the answer for that is, God, get my heart where it needs to be. All right, you writing these down? I'm telling you. Psalm 19. Teresa, I messed up. It's not verse 14. It's, for, it's not verse 11. It's verse 14. I don't know if I had that in there. Psalm 19. Yeah, it's important that we get these up there so you can write them down. Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I memorized that as a little kid. We said that every day, after, every Wednesday night after Jet Cadets. The words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. Man, well, what's he praying? Let the meditations of my heart 
What's he concerned about? God, what's, what's, what's going on in here? What am I thinking about? What am I loving? What, what am I valuing? What's filling my heart up? God, let, let those things, God, let those things be pleasing. Let my heart dwell upon things that are pleasing in your sight. Psalm 101, David's got a lot of good ones in Psalm 101. I'll, I'll just read you a couple, verse 2 and 3. I will ponder the way that's blameless, Oh, when will you come to me? Listen to this, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. You know, I like that one. He's like, God, I, I, I want to walk one path, one way, and, and I want to be the same in front of my kids as I am in front of my church. I want to be the same in front of my wife that I am in front of my work. God, I want to walk with integrity in my house. Verse 3, I will, set bef- I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. You see what he's praying? One more. Go back to Psalm 119. 133. Keep steady my steps according to your promise. And let no iniquity get dominion over me. Man. I bought this Bible, this particular Bible in 2004. And my wife got it for me actually. It was at a Desiring God conference. It was really expensive. I, won't, I don't mind telling you that. This is like a $150 Bible. It's got calf skin, genuine leather. You, you know why I'm, I'm not ashamed of that? You're like, you spent $150 on a Bible? You bet I did. This thing goes with me everywhere I go. And I got, I got three or four in my office that I literally destroyed. Anyway, this is a nice Bible. That's all I'm telling you. I, if you're going to buy something nice, buy a nice Bible. Buy a nice car. What do you get? Big payments. Buy a nice Bible. What do you get? You get to keep it. Anyway, how did I get talking about that? Oh, yeah. I wrote beside here when, when I read that, probably the first time through, I wrote, yes, Lord, right beside it. Let no iniquity get dominion over me. You know what dominion is? It's when something conquers you. Something, it's got you. You know what happens if you leave something in your heart long enough? It gets you. It's got you. You leave bitterness in there long enough. You leave thoughts of immorality in there long enough. You leave thoughts of discontent in there long enough. You leave thoughts of covetous in there long enough. It's going to get dominion. So, so pray those, okay? How, how, do we, how do we keep practically pure? You ask God and ask Him in those ways. I'm, just, I'm a big believer in, in letting God teach us how to pray, okay? So there, there's prayers for holiness right out of the Bible. Pray those, okay? Pray them. Some of you, I could tell you weren't writing them down. You probably didn't have a pen or anything. And so what we're going to do, um, Larry's got a Sharpie, a black Sharpie. And as you go out, he's going to write those on your forehead, okay? This is, the, this is the Baptist version of Ash Wednesday, okay? You know how they have, they have Ash Catholic? Okay, we're going to have those verses right there. And then you just have a mirror and you pray those. Not really, but sort of. Okay, number two, target the sin in your life, okay? You've got to be a sin killer and a sin hunter, okay? All through the Bible, 
it tells us that we need to identify the things in our heart that shouldn't be there, okay? In, in order for you to purify something, what do you got to do? You got to first identify what shouldn't be in there. What is, what is making this not pure, okay? So identify the things in your heart that shouldn't be there. Ephesians 4.22 says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self. And then in verse 25, all the way to the end of that chapter, you may remember this when we went through Ephesians, he just lists, put away this, put on this, put away this. And so if you see those things in your life, that, that, that's your cue that, that that shouldn't be in my heart. Okay? Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Earthly being not spiritual. Okay? Put it to death. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. He's saying, identify those things in your heart that shouldn't be there. And then kill them. Don't pamper them. Don't baby them. Don't cage them. Listen, that's stupid, okay? I'm just telling you that because I've thought that before. It's stupid to think you can cage things in your heart, you know? Well, I'm going to leave that there, but I'll, I'll put a fence around it so it doesn't get out or grow. Yeah. No. Man, when you see, you got to kill it. you got to kill it. Romans 8, 13. If you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you'll live. What, why, why, why use that language, Paul? Three times. And why use it? Put it to death. Kill it. You've got to deal ruthlessly with the junk in your heart that shouldn't be there. Number three. Identify the areas where sin's starting to get a foothold. Again, what's going to happen if you leave things in your heart too long? It's going to, it's going to get a foothold, right? That, that's what Paul says several times. Ephesians 4, um, 20, where is it, 26 and 7. He says, be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Okay, you're angry too long. What's going to happen? You give an opportunity to the devil. What if you don't forgive? Well, 2 Corinthians two eleven, he urges them to forgive, to be forgiving. And then in verse 11, he says, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan for we're not ignorant of his schemes. The, the point there being that if you leave something in your heart too long, it... Satan gets an opportunity, gets a foothold. You can't leave it there. You can't feed it. You got to starve it. L- listen to what Paul says in Rome. I know I'm using lots of scripture. I apologize. Brother Andrew texted me. When I texted him the scripture this morning, he, he, he texted me back. He said, you got to be kidding. 27 scripture. <laughs> Verse 14 of Romans 13. He says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. You know what provision is? It's when you, you feed something, right? You supply certain things. Okay, you got something in your heart that shouldn't be there? Don't feed it. Don't feed, you got to starve it, okay? If, you got, if, if something's got a foothold in your life, then you got to starve it. If it's revenge, you can't, you can't give it anything. You can't, you can't feed it with allowing your mind to dwell upon what this would be like. If it's immorality, you can't feed it. You, you, can't, you can't feed what's in the flesh. What's in your heart that shouldn't be there. You've got you to starve it. Make no provision for the flesh. Fourth thing, renew your mind through the Scriptures. Okay, so number one, ask God for it. Pray, pray those Scriptural prayers. Number two, target the sin in your life. Number three, don't let it get a foothold. Number four, renew your mind through the Scriptures. Okay, 
over and over again. Ephesians 4, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, 22, he says, put off the old man. 24, he says, put on the new man. 23, listen to what he says. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. You see, how can you have a, a single passion for God in your heart? That that's, that's the only thing that fills your heart. The only way to do that is for you to acquire a taste for God. The only way to acquire a taste for God is through the Word of God. Through immersing yourself in the Word of God. When I got married, uh, I had grown up on a farm with my mom and dad, of course. And, and we, had, we ate really good. And, and our food groups were, were gravy and bread and gravy and meat and gravy and potatoes. Okay? Sometimes we had vegetables, but it was just to sop up the gravy. Okay? I got married and my wife, like, she'll make a meal and it's like, it's really good too, but it's, it's vegetables and, you know, it's like couscous and vegetables and rice and, and that's good. I'm fine with that, but I'm like, all right, but where's the gravy and the meat? And, you know, and she's like, no, this is the meal. I'm like, oh, well, I love my wife. And so I, I tried for 20 years. I, I'm okay. I've been thankful. I've been eating it. I, I like it. My, wife, my daughter, Hannah, makes this thing called the ratatouille. After the movie Ratatouille, it's just vegetables. It's just all kinds of vegetables. It's awesome. I mean, I'll eat that stuff. Till I'm, it's really good. But I've acquired a taste for it. Okay? Some of you are thinking about, man, I don't, I don't know, Pastor, why I got these things in my heart that shouldn't be there. And, and I, I want to want God. I want to desire Him. I want to be solely, singly passionate about God. You got to acquire a taste for it. You got to feed your mind and your soul with who God is and what He's done, what He will do. You got to feed your mind with the Word of God. Renew, it's called the renewing of your mind, retraining your mind on what you ought to love. All right, blessed are the pure in heart. Why? For they shall see God. Now, it's, it's cool, obviously. Someday in heaven, right? We're gonna we're gonna sing. First John three two says we're gonna we're gonna see Jesus for who He is, and we will be transformed. Literally, physically, the old bodies will be shed off, and, and the new bodies will will be resurrected. And, and man, I mean, we're gonna see God. We're gonna be transformed, okay, completely. But listen, until that time, there, there's still this process that happens to the pure in heart. Now, I'm going to go back to 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into, one, the, into the same image, the image of Jesus, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. You see, the more you see of God, the more you want God. And, and the more you want God singly in your heart, the more you see God. It's, it's, a, it's a cycle, okay? So the, the more pure in heart you are, the more you push all the other stuff out of your heart, the, the, the more you want God. And the more you want God, the more you see God. And the more you see God, the more you want God. You know? And so it's this, this process, this cycle of satisfaction and fulfillment and joy and transformation and pleasure in the things of God. But the thing that will stop that cycle is impurity, is sin. I was reading... I've been reading through 1 John with some guys this week. And we were in chapter 2. And I came across this verse. And it just popped into my mind because of, of this sermon. But it says, Whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Okay, so follow that scripture. You got hatred in your heart against your brother. 
What does John say is going to happen? He says, well, you're in the dark. And the darkness will blind your eyes. What does that mean? You're not going to see. Is he talking about physical sight? You won't be able to see the eye chart, the big E anymore? No. You're not going to be able to see your life clearly. That's scary to me. To think that sin has a blinding effect. Where you let your heart get full of junk. You don't see God rightly. You don't see yourself rightly. You don't see your relationships rightly. You don't see your church rightly. You don't see, you know, you don't see, you're, you're blind. Oh, that's scary. It's scary. You, you, you just don't see. You won't be excited about the things of God. You, you, you won't think God is great. You won't think God is awesome. You won't, you won't be impressed with him. The darkness has blinded your eyes. So blessed are the pure in heart. Why? They shall see God. They'll see Him everywhere. They'll see Him in the sunset. They'll see Him in their church. They'll see Him at the grocery store. They'll see Him in the circumstances of their life. Things will happen. They'll see God's hand. But those who aren't pure, they don't see God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the cleansing power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for, thank you, Father, for dying for our sins that we might not ha- that we might have a new heart that we might exchange the heart of of stone for a heart of flesh. Lord, that we might have a heart that loves you, that sees you for who you are, that desires you. God, please help us not to be blinded by the by an impure heart. Father, I pray that you would teach us to pray. God, Lord, create in us a clean heart, O oh God. Turn our eyes from, from looking at worthless things and give life in your ways. God, incline our hearts to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. God, God keep guard over the, the door of our mouth. Keep watch over our lips. God, make us holy. Make us pure in heart. In Jesus' name, amen.